Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the acclaimed movie, All of Us Strangers, starring Paul Mescal and Andrew Scott. Stream the new Hulu original limited series, We Were the Lucky Ones, with Joey King and Logan Lerman. And don't forget about Grey's Anatomy. Every Grey's episode ever is now streaming on Hulu. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Are you hungry for adventure? Do you crave hilarious and perilous tabletop campaigns? Don't bother rolling perception, pal. We've got you covered. Behold, Dungeons and Doritos. Nerdy Show's epic tabletop audio drama. A cinematic serial of mayhem-filled, morally questionable quests at DungeonsAndDoritos.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap, and this month, I traveled to Raleigh, North Carolina with Nerdy Show's Doug and Tony to go to North Carolina Comic-Con Oak City. We put on a bunch of panels, repped Nerdy Show's in-development animated series Lightning Dogs, and had an amazing time, which I'm sure we'll talk about in a forthcoming normal episode of Nerdy Show. But... This is not a normal episode of Nerdy Show. This is a special presentation coming to you live from North Carolina Comic-Con. There I hosted a number of discussions, many of which will be coming to Nerdy Show in the months and weeks to come. But this is the big one. This show's headlining guest was Kevin Eastman, co-creator of Ninja Turtles. And if you've been listening to this show for any duration of time, you'll know that I love being a turtle. We've done tons of episodes about the turtles in the past, including an interview with the director of the first Turtles film, Steve Barron an extensive tell-all with Steve Murphy, a.k.a. Dean Clarain, the author of the beloved Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles Adventures series, published in the 90s, and a previous episode with Kevin Eastman. Well, in this episode, we're speaking to Kevin Eastman, along with Tom Waltz, the author of the current Ninja Turtle comic series published over at IDW, which has recently become the longest-running Ninja Turtle comic of all time, and amazing artist Ben Bishop. I hosted two Kevin Eastman panels, one that was just Kevin and I, where he had a big slideshow showcasing his entire tenure with the Ninja Turtles, and the other was a group discussion and Q&A with those aforementioned other guests. Most of what you're going to hear comes from the former, but there are a couple of moments where we will cut over to the other Kevin Eastman discussion, and I only mention that because the audio quality between the two of them is very, very different, so on a couple instances, things are going to be a little jarring, but it's still good stuff, so I left it in. And you may be thinking, Cap, hey, look, I, I mean, I like the Ninja Turtles, but I've only seen a couple movies here and there, or some cartoon shows, or I play with the action figures, or maybe I read a comic or two, uh, but how off the deep end are you going to go? Well, hey, don't, don't sweat it. We got all kinds of stories to tell, stories about every corner of the Turtles universe. We're going to hear some, frankly, very exciting insights about the brand new show coming to Nickelodeon, the new New Turtles show, you know, the controversial one where Raphael is the leader and is rather giant. We're also going to hear the secret origin of the much-maligned live-action television series, The Next Mutation, and something I've always been curious to discuss, because this is my first time getting to know Tom Waltz, is how he and Kevin kicked off their collaboration with the relaunch of Ninja Turtles in comic books when IDW acquired the license after Viacom purchased Ninja Turtles from Mirage Publishing, the independent publishing house that Kevin Eastman and Peter Laird co-founded and was responsible for all the turtles of your childhood. We also talk about Kevin and Ben's forthcoming projects, our favorite Turtles video games. There's lots to listen to, so I'm just going to kick it over to the panel, and you'll hear more from me afterwards. This is Kevin Eastman right here, co-creator of Hi, Ninja everybody. Turtles. Hi, Oak City. Woo! Raleigh. Thank you. This is Tom Waltz, writer of the entirety of the IDW TMNT series. My hero. And Ben Love Bishop, now. a fantastic Turtles artist. Yes. Amongst other things. Amongst many other things, yes. And I'm Cap of the Nerdy Show Podcast Network and the animated series Lightning Dogs, and we're here to talk about turtles. And we're going to focus heavily on Q&A, so get some questions ready. And when that does happen, we have a microphone right there. Karaoke is welcome as well. 
Yeah, if you want to belt out, let's say, certain songs by a certain Mr. Ice. Or, or, <laughs> or they need the whole Partners in Crime, the original. <laughs> yes. Uh, from the first Turtle movie. You can do My absolute favorite. Whatever happened to those guys? I, I, we, we met the guy, Richard. We see really? him uh, at a couple different shows. We actually did a signing with him recently. He's still just as awesome. We did a, I did a live um, commentary um, for this charity auction with Alamo Drafthouse, which is the coolest thing ever. I've not never That's done so it. That's so great. Saw her on the big screen and made all, you know, pointed all the behind the scenes. And then at the end, he did... That song, oh my uh, God. live, it was the coolest thing <laughs> that's ever. That's so awesome. <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. I assume that's been recorded. People can watch this somewhere or hear it. Is that was that archived? Oh, no, somehow? they didn't. That we sh- I wish we could have because it's that oh was never God. released. Even you know when it came on a DVD, the most recent version, they never we never did yeah. a commentary on it. And I've always been trying to get them to do a director's cut because Steve Barron, the director, had shot a whole bunch of scenes that never made it into the first movie, which was shot right in Wilmington. I spent a lot. My first uh, trip to Wilmington, North Carolina, was on the set of the Turtle movie. We filmed the movie here on a set that was originally built to shoot a. Mickey Rourke movie called Year of the Dragon, and then we did Turtles movie one and two. I imported the first Turtles film from Germany because that's the only place there's a Steve Barron commentary. I, I heard about that, <laughs> yes. I've never heard it, but I heard, did hear he did it. It's fantastic. Commentary. Like, there was all, so much stuff I didn't know. That's cool. Awesome. <laughs> he's, he's the greatest. And uh, writer Todd Langdon and, and the incredible, the legendary Jim Henson is, uh, is responsible for bringing those characters to life. And that was a scariest thing, you know, when we went from, you know, the original drawn comic books into the cartoon show, we're still working, you know, an artistic medium, and then trying to bring it to life we were uh, on the big screen, um, if we couldn't have made those characters believable, it just never would have worked. So it's like, yeah. they, they man, they did it. They pulled it off. We filmed it in July. <laughs> those poor stuntmen were like wearing 80-pound costumes, doing full roundhouse kicks. All those martial arts stunts you see in that movie were done in the middle of the summer here when they were just dying. <laughs> it's like so hot. So since we have basically uh, the brain trust of the IDW comics here, it would behoove us to, to talk about that and relaunching Turtles, creating a new main nice. continuity for Turtles in comic books, what that process was like, because obviously their origins are pretty significantly different mm-hmm. in a lot of ways, and it's mutated what people know about certain characters, certain bits of continuity. It's absorbed all kinds of things from all different corners of the Turtles world that you'd never expect. What's really cool is, you know, the first original series that Peter and I did together, nothing will ever replace that. Let's hear it for Peter Laird. Without Peter Laird, the Turtles wouldn't, have, wouldn't be here. Um, the first 15 and 16 issues pretty much set the tone for almost all Turtle things to come. And, you know, here we are, I think it was... Um, 25-plus years later. Um, my friends at IDW had picked up the rights to do the shows. I had sold my rights many years ago, and Peter had then sold his. And so Scott Dumbier at IDW called me up and had mentioned that um, they got the license to do the new Turtles comics, and would, would I like to come down and hear what Tom Walsh has come up with to run as the new series, and maybe you'd like to get involved, do some covers or something. And so I was invited down and, and sat down, and that's the first time I met Tom. Uh, I love him like a brother. He's the coolest guy on the planet. I have to tell you that right now. And when Tom sort of laid out what he wanted to do with the series, because Tom does all the heavy lifting. I take all the credit for all of his... <laughs> but what he laid out to do the series, I'm just so excited. Really, Turtles have never been that far away from me in so many ways, and, and, and it's always surprising when um, somebody comes in with the love and respect and care of the characters, get it completely, and then bring this fresh energy to it, and it, you know, it's invigorating. It got me so excited, and I was so thrilled to be involved. And Tom's written every single issue. We're at, what, 84 you just finished? 83. I'm finishing 83, and, and Bobby's already yelling at me for 84. <laughs> it's now the longest-running Ninja Turtle series of all time. Yeah, Kevin skipped the terrifying part. So I, I, I've told this story a few times, but what, what was going on, actually, at IDW was before Kevin's name came into the mix, we had the license... And I, you know, I'm an editor at IDW as well, and I wasn't even actually actively involved in the development of Turtles. That was Scott Dumbier and, and Bobby, who actually eventually took over as the, the main editor on Turtles. And they were getting pitches from a variety of writers that they were uh, passing along to Nickelodeon to see if Nickelodeon wanted to go with the stories that they were being presented with. And I was more like, I was just the fan in the room. Everybody knew I liked Turtles. And, I, you know, I'd done other writing for IDW and, and comic book stuff. So they knew I was a writer as well. But I, I was not even on the radar for Turtles at all. And we would have these meetings, editorial meetings, and then the Turtles would come up. And they kept saying, Nickelodeon, they're just, they're not seeing what they want to see yet. They're not sure what they want to see, but what they're getting is not what they want to see. And then one day, Ted came into the meeting, Ted Adams, who is CEO of IDW, and he said... Uh, you know what, we got Kevin Eastman on board. He's going to he's like to help out plotting and uh, doing some work. He just said, can, can he get a, um, a writer to work with him, and then we'll put something together. And I thought, oh, that'll be, that would be really cool. And I was thinking, I wonder who they're going to get. And then, <laughs> and then Chris Ryle looked at me, who was an editor-in-chief at the time, and he looked at me and he said, Tom, 
you like turtles. Do you want to do it? Do you have any ideas? And I, what are you going to say when somebody offers you turtles? I said, yes. And then right away I was, said, what am I thinking? What am I, gonna, what am I doing? And then, and then they said, okay, well, we need your pitch tomorrow. So, but full disclosure, um, one of the things that we changed in this origin was that the turtles are reincarnated from their human selves and from feudal Japan. And that was an idea that I had in my head all along. So I knew that was the thing that I wanted to do differently. So I sat down and I punched out the, the pitch for like the first four issues, how I saw it playing out, how the reincarnation would play into it. And I thought, nobody's ever going to go for this. And I had never met Kevin. So this is you know, how you uh, assume things. I'm thinking, well, he created turtles. He did heavy metal. He's a rock star in this business. He's probably going to be a jerk. He's probably not going to like anything I do. Who I am. am I to think that I should present my stuff to the creator of Turtles? And then, as it turned out, we, we've been bosom buddies ever since. He was the nicest yeah, person I've ever met in comics or almost in my life. So that was a relief. Then I said, well, he's nice, but will he like the story? And Kevin read the reincarnation story. And he looked at me. And what did you say? You said, the fans are going to poop purple bricks. <laughs> He goes, but I love it. Let's do it. So we showed it to Nickelodeon, and Nickelodeon was on board right from the start. And they've been they've been great partners as well. And so we sat down and we just started working from there. And it's been and it seems like it was a million years ago, and it seems like it was yesterday at the same time. It's it's strange when 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 the fans come and they bring the number ones to the table for signing. And it, it seems like just yesterday we were putting that together. And even though in my head I know in my hotel room I'm typing 83 right now, but um, it's it's you guys have been. The best fans you could have. I mean, I, I'm lucky because everybody loves him, so I get loved by proxy, which is <laughs> which is great, and, and I really appreciate it. I know Kevin appreciates it. Ben appreciates it. Bobby, who's not here, he we are really happy with the fan base because I think what we are, we're you. We just happen to be on this side of the table doing the creative stuff. But so for us, it's 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 just a, a blast to be a fan in the room. We we do these things um, we call mind melds every two weeks or so where we sit down and we talk about, because we're, we're plotting way ahead to, we're already out to 100 and maybe beyond, and it's never boring, it's always fun. That's the one meeting I look forward to. We have a lot of like print run meetings and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I don't look forward to those, and then we have these mind melds, and it's, you almost wish you had a camera in there yeah. so you could see how these stories come together, because it's literally the throwing the stuff at the wall and see what sticks. And as, as Cap said, we've, <laughs> we have been fortunate to be able to pull from all the iterations that have come before. We call it cherry picking. So there's all these wonderful characters that have been in all the different Team NT iterations, and we all have favorites. And so in the room, we'll say, who would be the character, who's the character that would, would fit in this role from the, the past? And then we'll come up with a name. For example, my favorite one that I brought in that we, we changed was I had my, my uh, son, when he was small, had the VHS... Fred Wolfstuff, and he was watching the, the Teenage Hot Riders yep. from Dimension X or whatever. And I remember watching, and I was like, this is the goofiest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> but, but I remember thinking, but it's so bizarre that here's these crazy, you know, beatnik, daddy-o kids coming from this planet that's all about war. And I thought, that's just a, it's a weird dichotomy. And so it always stuck with me. So when we had the opportunity to go to Dimension X in our book, I thought, I want to bring back the neutrinos, <laughs> and I wanna, but I want them to be like John Connor mercenary type freedom fighters. <laughs> And so I told Kevin, he said, that's really cool. Yeah, and then we have, we have artists that you know, we work with that are wonderful, and they bring these designs to us. And from there, it just it takes a life of its own, and it's been a lot of fun. It's like having a toy box and you know, like taking uh, one of your toys and just taking the clothes off of that one and putting on another one. Yeah. So. <laughs> no, it's true. And I mean, that was, you know, what I loved is that how you put the different pieces together, you know, putting April back into the lab and uh, the evolution of the turtles. Mm -hmm. I loved one of the aspects was that Raphael was separated from the brothers when the, they were first exposed to the mutagen. Mm -hmm. um, Tom's creation of Old Hob was one of my favorite new turtle characters. But I just looked at what you had laid out, and I said, you have this foundation where you can cherry, like you said, cherry pick into mm -hmm. so many different turtle universes, whether it be the original cartoon series with the neutrinos to the 2000 series, which I think yeah. is one of your favorites, mm -hmm. like bringing Hun in and some of that and the edginess. Um, and even like, you know, one of our favorite, we combined um, from the old original Mirage series, it was a character called Nobody, who was this sort of mysterious yeah. Batman-esque um, cop who was a male mm -hmm. character from the Mirage series. We brought it back and combined Angel mm -hmm. from... One of the other series with nobody and, yeah, really and cool. you know that yeah, kind of stuff. That is my favorite like new combo thing that you guys oh, awesome. have done. She's so good. <laughs> but we didn't, and this all the stuff evolves out of the mind melts, and we love it. And, that, and that's what I said. I said, you know, 
if because um, you know our fans are you guys are so awesome you're so protective of, of your they're your turtles like Tom said as much as they're ours and we we sort of we, we we're stewards and and you know um, we're trying to do a, a great job but it's story first and we write the stuff that comes out of those meetings and the stuff is like this is what we want to read this is what we want to see these things do and and there's even you know somebody might say hey could you add this character because we need a bump in sales we need this and it's like mm, it doesn't fit you know the story everything that sort of evolves as a story like you know by the time you wrapped up issue 50 which I just about lost my mind on it was so awesome there was so many specifics that had to line up just right and Tom's really the master at putting all those pieces together and making all that stuff beautiful work, mind etc yeah <laughs> he's a beautiful mind so. um, but yeah I was like I was concerned you know I said the fans it, my concern was that I love this and I think if the fans if we give them if we get them into the first you know four or six issues they're mm-hmm. going to buy into it and they're going to see that this is the closest version of the turtles to the original Kevin Eastman Peter Laird series ever it really takes it back to that space tonally um, attitude wise there's a nice edge to it so it's fantastic what made you do the resurrection angle what made you think of that you know it's funny because when I was thinking about turtles there's so many things I liked, but I'm the practical guy, I guess is what you'd call it. So I'm always make like, sense. I'm, I'm like, this makes yeah, sense. I said, yeah, this, this has to be more logical. So I always wanted, I wanted to keep things. Yeah, it was, and Bobby <laughs> yeah. would say, they're Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah, I'm like, I go, I go, I know it's already weird, but, <laughs> but I don't know if a rat would learn how to do uh, martial arts from watching some guy. And I, I, said, I said, but what if, and, but I always, always was fascinated with the human Hamato Yoshi character as well. And so I thought, what if we combine that? How, how could we do that and make it make sense? And then I thought, why not reincarnation? Because I'm, I'm always fascinated just in my own life, but it, in the story in particular, like the spiritual aspect of the turtles and the family, and especially Master Splinter. And so I thought, well, maybe we bring in some of this kind of ninja arcane element to it, and maybe part of that is reincarnation. And then that 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 was why, from feudal Japan to now, they're having the same battle, but we're dealing with maybe fate and destiny here. That this was just so destined cool. to happen. We've really strived from that point until now, even in issue 83, that things need to make sense, things need to work organically within the story. And like Kevin said, we, we have characters we'd love to see too, but it just doesn't make sense to our, our story at this point. But hopefully, eventually it will. And then that way, it's not just fan service, it's, it's a service to the story. And I think that's what's worked so well for us. Absolutely. And Ben, what's your origin story with the Turtles? Well, I was just like anyone out here who likes to draw, and I was like, I want to be drawing turtles. So (laughs) I just drew turtles all the time and had them at my booth. A lot of the prints you see at my booth are actually fake covers uh, that I made. (laughs) And then uh, other artists or people who have worked on turtles were like, that's great, man. You're doing turtles now, huh? And I was like, no, these are all fake. I was like, I'd love to be. And then they were like, you should be. And then that started conversations. It was like, okay, well, let's give you one. And then one led to show exclusives and store exclusives. Mm-hmm. And then now Bobby will actually reach out to me for turtle covers. Mm-hmm. And because of that, I then got in touch with Kevin and we became good friends. And now we're doing a book together, Drawing mm-hmm. Blood. So, yeah, let me tell you, yeah. I want to bring Ben up for a couple of reasons. Ben was a fellow Mainer. I'm from, originally from Maine. He's a Maine native, and I was a fan of his uh, other work, uh, uh, self-published. He's done mostly self-publishing, um, besides uh, Nathan the Caveman, and he had done the Aggregate, which um, yeah. he does these small projects. Each one's around 300 pages. <laughs> They're very heavy. Yeah. <laughs> and the Aggregate's wonderful because it's like uh, you want to explain a little about the Aggregate, and then I'll jump yeah, into drawing blood. The Aggregate is the world's first split decision comic, so it's like an old choose-your-own-adventure book, but has a 250-page graphic novel. So. Four beginnings, seven endings, 20 choices in between, <laughs> super sci-fi, there's uh, giant robots and spider cats, and all seven of those endings will be beginnings for, for book two, which I'm hoping to do in March 2019 if I'm not too busy. Yeah, that was what I loved about it is that, you know, not only um, Ben, most of his projects have been uh, Kickstarter-based, but I love the idea that he's been a self-publisher, and that's, as you know, you know how Peter and I started, and I've been really wanting to go back to an original creation, and I had come up with this idea and it may sound kind of familiar. It's it's called the story's called Drawing Blood, and I worked with this uh, creator. I sketches kept this sketchbook diary of Comic Con stories and adventures. Some that I've had, some that I've known that other artists, you know, the Alan Moores and Besants and Frank Millers. I wanted to do this idea I hadn't seen in comic books or, or really any media of that concept of a 
So you may have a sports star that makes a lot of money and goes crazy. You might have a, a celebrity movie star, TV actor that makes a lot of money and goes crazy. Nobody's ever done that in comic books. And so I had this idea, if I only knew somebody that made a lot of money by creating these crazy animal characters <laughs> and did a lot of crazy things. And uh, so I wanted to sort of put a little uh, uh, tiny bit of me in it, but then a whole lot of sort of um, different stories I've heard in comics about comic books, comic book creators. And so this story is called Drawing Blood. It features a character named Shane Bookman, who him and his brother Paul created these characters called the Radically Rearranged Ronin Ragdolls, which is these three samurai cat characters um, that got mutated. Um, and uh, it's sort of his, he's gone up the hill and he's down on the very part of the, the lower part of the next hill. And uh, he's sort of trying to find his, it's his comeback. And it's like, you know, there's gunfights. It's kind of like a little, you take a little spinal tap, breaking bad. Um, you know, he's trying to find his way back to the drawing board, back to his, create, back to his creativity. Dave and I created the concept, we write the scripts. Um, ben Bishop, he's the main series artist, but Troy Little, who did a series called Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas, which is fantastic. We actually have moments in the series where um, Shane's creations come back and haunt him and taunt him. So this is a scene where Atomo, one of the three samurai cats, we have Tezuka, um, Atomo, and Miyazaki, they're <laughs> all named after <laughs> famous Japanese animators, actually f comes back and beats Shane up and, and they abuse him. And I'm doing all the flashback scenes in the series, so it's set in 1992. Like I said, it's all set in the world of comic books, so everything you know about comic books today, including me, I exist. In fact, Shane Bookman and Paul Bookman were inspired by the Turtles um, and the creation of these characters. He's not had a lot of luck since then. Uh, he's done a lot of crazy rock star things. Um, and I just love that I'd never seen a story properly set in the world of comic books. And I'm hoping, I think we're shooting for May. At the end of May, we should be able to wrap yeah. it up. Yeah, I'm going as fast as I can. No. <laughs> yeah. So it's a really funny um, action adventure. Shane Bookman's, instead of just going back to the drawing board like he know he should be doing, his big um, plot to find success again in, in the world uh, of entertainment is he's doing a um, Broadway show based on Metropolis. It's Which is Metropolis. a silent film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's a silent film, so he's found this... Um, Scottish rock band called Glasgow, who's doing the soundtrack. So it's a, sort of a spoof on, you know, Spider-Man. <laughs> so there's a lot of parody, there's a lot of fun, there's anecdotes. I mean, some of the best convention stories I've ever heard is like literally sitting in like the hotel bar after the convention's ended and you have sat, you know, with Alan Moore or, you know, Neil Gaiman or some of these guys and they would tell you stories of, you know, what their experiences were in Hollywood or a book publisher in comics or the craziest, most awesome fan that they met. So it's all in there and, and so we made it fictional so we could really go over the top. So Every time you talk about this story, it gets bigger and more complicated. How, how long is Drawing Blood? It's, it's long. Been, it's long. Yeah. <laughs> well, we did, um, David Avalone and I, um, and we really had a, an awesome mind meld on it when we, when, based on I had, like, been kept in, keeping these sketchbook diary things for about 10 years, and that was sort of the jumping in point and developed from there. Um, the, the first arc, we, we envisioned it, if you would imagine as a TV series, and we were thinking about that as doing it, not that it could be a TV series, maybe it would, but we, as a comic book, we said, look, this is what would happen in the first season, and it broke down into nine issues, um, but the first four issues is a great first arc, um, nine issues complete the series, and what we did in the Kickstarter is our, our stretch goal was recreating the original Shane Bookman, Paul Bookman, original Ragdolls number one comic that uh, cool. <laughs> we all wrote, and I'm doing the layouts for, and Troy Little's penciling, uh, inking, finishing, and it looks... <laughs> I can't wait for you guys to see it. It's fantastic. <laughs> um, but we have ideas. We said that's season one, and we, we literally have written, you know, the next two seasons of the... So right season on. two, right. season three, if, you know, if it works, and hope it really works. So <laughs> we probably shouldn't announce it today, but we're, you know, um, there's a story that Tom and I have been working on called Target R, and it's developing, and, and just we're, just, we're still waiting it. for it to go through. Uh, <laughs> I think, um, I think we're waiting to go through that. the final <laughs> approval. It's like, same thing, like Tom's in his hotel room writing <laughs> 83. I was writing on the plane, but if it all works out, and stay tuned we'll make an official announcement but uh, once Nickelodeon approves it um, Tom and I are doing this thing it's I guess it's sort of you know the inspiration was uh, Weapon X you know Wolverine's Weapon X and we want to do this really cool story and it ties into the storyline line as we head up to issue 100 um, but it's uh, featuring Raphael and a couple of the other characters but it's awesome and uh, once it's approved I'm going to do the, the layouts and designs and Ben's going to do the, um, the finishes all the fantastic art and it's, Ooh. It's, Ooh. A, it's mental so I'm, I'm in now yeah, yeah. that's so great <laughs> alright we're going to open it up to questions yeah. now Besides your own, I guess, series, what would be your favorite incarnation of the Turtles? You know what? I, I, I always really liked the 2000 series. I think the original 
Mirage one is probably my other favorite, but I, I really liked the Four Kids series that came out in the early 2000s because I always felt like that was my inspiration for what we do with the turtles in our comics was because it was kind of its own thing, but it was very loyal and respectful to the Mirage series. So a lot of the stories came straight from the Mirage book, you know, and, I, and for me that was, that was nice to see because the Fred Wolf stuff I like, it's just... It's just kind of silly, you know, but that's what it was by design. And so when this series, the, the 2000 series came into play and I watched that, I really enjoyed how they kind of made it a little more mature while still appealing to a younger audience. And so I think that's, that's my favorite iteration outside of our, our work. And I really like the, um, is it Kevin Monroe? Yes, the, Kevin Monroe, the, 2007. The, the 2007 no, that CGI that movie. I like that a lot. So I draw a lot of inspiration from that one, too. I know that a lot of, some people don't, but I, I thought that was fantastic. That's still the best Raph and Leo fight ever. Yeah, yeah that, that I, fight I, makes I love it. Yeah. Yeah. So I think, but I think the original Mirage one would be my, my other favorite. The first Turtle movie, Turtles Forever, which was also fun, which was done with the same team who did the yeah. 2000 series, mm-hmm. where they melded all the Turtle universes. And, um, and I want to say I really dug the 2012 uh, Nickelodeon animated series. It was yeah. fantastic, really creative. And so mm-hmm. I love you know, I love them all in, in many, many ways. But uh, Ben? Well, I grew up with the toys first <laughs> and then the cartoons. So I always loved that. And then I found the, the original comics much later. And so if I'm not allowed to choose IDW stuff, yeah. <laughs> um, I think that the first Nick show is, is great because they did the same thing that you guys do where they cherry pick all the mm-hmm. best parts and create this whole that's even a lot different than the IDW stuff. And it's, it's weird because there's times where there were similarities <laughs> and the reality was I, I only watched the first few yeah. episodes of the show because I didn't, I, and I know they weren't reading the comic for the, and the reason was we didn't want to stumble over each other. We wanted Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, everyone. I've been on the go recently. Phoenix, Kansas City, Chicago. If you're like me and have a home but aren't always at home, you have an Airbnb. Hosting your home or a spare room is a very practical side hustle. If you live in a big game town, you can Airbnb your place for fans to stay in. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at Airbnb.com slash host. Everything to feel fresh and not like... but things would happen and people would say to me, oh, you guys must really work together and plan things. I said, no, this is just a weird, there's like this weird synergy in the Turtle universe. And I think certain characters and certain elements just are going to naturally push you in a certain direction. And so those similarities exist. But there's enough differences, too, for it to be its own thing. But I, I really felt like we, we, now I can look back at it and say the two series complemented each other. Yeah. When, when you guys both debuted new versions of the Mighty Mutanimals, almost simultaneously with like both featuring Pigeon Pete, I was like, what the hell's going on yeah, there here? Was, and there was no plan. Actually, Pigeon Pete was the only one. One of our rules was that we wouldn't take characters from the Nick show, that we wouldn't cherry pick from that. But then when we had the storyline where Old Hob was trying to be a scientist, and obviously Old Hob is not a scientist, so his mutation was going to go all wacky, everybody, even Nickelodeon, agreed, if he did it, it's going to end up being Pigeon Pete. So that was the one exception where we could bring a character over. And then after a while, Alapex, who Brian Lynch brought into our series in one of the macro series, and then we, we continued with in the ongoing, became such a popular character that, that she was then incorporated into the TV show. And that was exciting. It was really exciting for Brian. And the TV us. show version incorporated parts of Ninjara from TMNT Adventures, and then also Dreadmon from TMNT Adventures mm-hmm. in a weird way, which is like, like it's, they're so hybridized at this point, it's yeah. crazy. No, it's funny, because what Tom said, it was like, because Cyril Neely, who was the creative uh, director on the new Turtle cartoon, the 2012 series, same thing. I was sending him you know, digital versions as soon as the comics would come out. He was like, 
he said, don't send me anymore, don't send me anymore, because it was like, it was weird. So like Tom said, we weren't, I mean, that wasn't a factor. You weren't watching that when we do the cartoon series, and he wasn't reading the comics. He, in fact, he's, since the series ended, he said he went, he's gone back and he's read, he's finally got to catch up on all the books, and he's like, but that was just, it was just sort of cool, kind of yeah. ironic, and it just evolved really naturally. There's a lot of kismet. I, I, I really think there's things that are, are serendipitous with how the story turns out or, or the way things work, and sometimes I think we even get more credit than we deserve for being masterminds, but I really, I know this is going to, maybe this is going to sound arcane and spiritual, but I, I do feel like the turtles are at work in the universe and there's things that are calling to us that we pull into these stories and want to be told and it's and I know that sounds bizarre but there's times where things just will work out so well and I'll say people are going to think we planned this and we did not plan this it just it just fell into place in a way that we can't explain anymore so we just kind of roll we just roll with it now and figure it's you know the turtle gods out there somewhere talking to us no I think it's funny because it's, it's actually um, back when Pete and I would do shows in the early days and they'd look, people were reading the old comics and they go I really love how you took that and that and the symbolism here meant that and that equaled that and I love how you brought it to life and this thing we're like yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we meant to do that. That's right. Yeah, <laughs> but I love it. It's the happy accident. Yep. It's just sort of you feel, and that's what I think the creativity is like. You just feel your way through the story. It almost guides you as much as you're sort of working mm. through it, but you sort of feel it. And, and I, I, I always tell my wife, we've done this so long, and it's so much a part of our lives that I'll have memories and I'll say, I'm not sure if that's my memory <laughs> or one of my character's memories at this point. Well, you're, you're, an, official step, you're an official stepdad, so it's like you, you're allowed to be. And as we get older, the memories get more interesting. <laughs> I would love Thank to you. further venture down the rabbit hole of the collective unconscious Ninja Turtles, but please, uh, next question. What did you think when you found out that you were going to get a cartoon in the 80s based on your comic. Much like we thought we'd never sell, it would never be more than the first issue of the Turtles, it would never sell enough to be a second issue. When they said they wanted to do a cartoon, we'd be like, ah, seriously? I don't know. And, you know. Do you think kids would like an animated show? Ninja Turtles? Uh, when we they... liked it. That <laughs> <laughs> was good. Well, the... There, you know, it's, it's, so slap my face. I'm now here, I'm, you know, 34 years later. And now someone says, I planned it that way. We knew how incredibly important and how incredibly lucky we were to have that. So when they approached us, in, plus, I think we were selling like you know, 80,000 copies of a black and white comic book. We could pay our rent, you know, and we could eat, you know, besides just fast food all the time. We could actually eat food and draw for a living. So when uh, we said, if we're going to do this, we want full approval, we want full say, and uh, we want to do it. We want the heart and soul and what we create um, to be as true to, to what we did, what we originally envisioned, and, you know, we did that through 300 cartoon shows. Peter and I did those together. We worked on all the live-action movies. Um, everything you saw with a turtle on it, we you know, were involved in it, decided yes or no, we're part of it, including the whole Mirage staff. You guys probably know like um, Jim Lawson, Ryan Brown, Steve Levine, Mike Dooney, so many of those guys were brought on board. Their creations became characters that were involved in the cartoon show. So we, we had control and say, and that was, it, was, it was pretty incredible. But it was, and if um, you hadn't done that, it would have yeah. never, ever been what it is now. No, and it was because we, we just couldn't have done it. And it was like having, like, you know, um, you know, Pete and I were the creators, the inventors, but with this team of, of minds, like Dean Clarain, who worked on the original Archer series, and David Wise, who wrote the original thing. Um, we needed those that, that, that them helped to bring at least a transition from the original black and white comic books into this new universe. But yeah, it's an incredible journey, and it's all your fault. Thank you. <laughs> Growing up in the 90s, grew up in the TV show. There were a lot of rip-offs that felt like, like Samurai Pizza Cats, oh, yeah. and Street Sharks, <laughs> oh, and yeah. Record Mice from Mars. Seeing those things happen while the Turtles cartoon was out, were you flattered? Were you irritated? Were you angry? Was there ever any headbutting with those shows at all? Or no, no. So, well, you know, more to, with going back to the original comic book, I have to go first of you know, in, in so many ways, and I, in, in, I don't say it that lightly, and I say it kind of jokingly, but you know, Peter and I ripped everybody else off to do the Turtles. <laughs> um, you know, you look at the Daredevil inferences, not only in the origin story to like foot, hand, splinter, stick you know, so on and so on, and all those things we loved about comics we put into it, but a lot of our inspiration, you know, came again from Jack Kirby's Commandy was my favorite book, and that's the mutant animal thing, so everything sort of was put into this blender, and when he put out the first issue of the comic, when we sold enough, um, uh, you know, you know, 1985, January 1985, I really say the dream came true for Pete and I, because we got orders for the second issue, and it was like 15,000 copies, and we were like, oh my goodness, we can sell these comics, we can make enough to, you know, pay our rent, eat macaroni and cheese, and draw comics, and I can't believe we get to do a second issue. We never thought there would be. And then all these imitators started coming out in the black and white comic books. Um, 
adolescent radioactive black belt hamsters, mildly microwave pupubrescent gophers. Um, <laughs> there was, I think, a, at the height of what they call the black and white boom and bust, because we had all these people. They had kangaroos, and even Marvel, I think they never put it out, but they put an ad for adult thermonuclear samurai elephants. Remember that? Um, wow. It, it, so, you know, there was 21 adjective, 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 noun titles, and we were so incredibly flattered, because in, we felt like, look, these guys just want to do what we were inspired by it. They want to draw comic books. They want to make a living doing what they love. So no, we thought it was incredibly flattering. Um, and it's even more flattering that we're still here and a lot of those just aren't. So, um, <laughs> what are some of the characters that you wish you could bring into your universe? I have a character. <laughs> We've already I'm announced so much to bring into the universe. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> Uh, Flaming Carrot, no. <laughs> Before I was just doing the prints and pretending to do covers, I did a, I started a fan comic that was called TMN10. It was Ben 10 meets Ninja Turtles. <laughs> and it's awesome. Um, but I, I want to see that. Yeah, I, I was picking out some of the toys that never were anything but toys as far as I knew anyway. And so I picked out Needlenose and showed who he was before and how he got changed and stuff, and that was pretty fun. That's awesome. No, I, that's tough, because it's like you've done something, even just like I love the D Dimension X series that came out last year before the Trial of Krang and all that stuff. It's like being able to bring in like Worm, and like Turtles Universe is the second series. I think it's, it's actually officially announced. Mm -hmm. The series is wrapping up, but it's been, a, the you know, Turtles Universe has been a Tales of the uh, Turtles, because there are so many characters that we look at in the Turtles, like you said, multiple Turtle yeah. Universes, that we aren't able to bring in because it doesn't work in the current ongoing. So when, when Turtles Universe was created, we were able to bring in like different characters that we don't get to uh, play with. You know, when I, I always, I'm actually one of the most fascinating characters to me is Cuddly. Cuddly the Cowlick. I, like, I yeah. like, and but I think there's a bizarre way I might want to try to bring him in someday. <laughs> He's not the one I was talking about earlier. I'm getting a lot of letters from uh, fans who want to see a Deadpool Turtles crossover. <laughs> Um, my, one of my dream projects is doing, you know, some of the original inspiration of the Turtles was like Commandy. If you haven't read Jack Kirby's Commandy, it was, I grew up in a very small town in Maine, so I thought I was the last boy on earth anyway. Uh, but it was, um, it was kind of a, a Planet of the Apes sort of base concept, so I always thought a Commandy Turtles crossover would be awesome. I can't believe we got to do a Turtles Batman crossover. Ghostbusters Turtles. Yeah. yeah. That's been fun. I, I, we talk about Daredevil Turtles a lot, too. I'd, I'd love to do yeah, that. That'd be yeah. awesome. Marvel just wouldn't let us we probably shouldn't say, you know, uh, announce it today, but we're, you know, um, there's a story that Tom and I've been working on called Target R, and it's developing, and, and we're, just, just we're still waiting it. for it to go through. Uh, <laughs> I um, think, I think we're waiting to go through the final approval. It's like, same thing, like Tom's in his hotel room writing, <laughs> 83. I was writing on the plane, um, the finishing the, the final tweaks to get to you for, um, for Target R to make sure, so we can get it approved. But if it all works out, and stay tuned, we'll make an official announcement, but uh, once Nickelodeon approves it, um, uh, Tom and I are doing this thing. It's, I guess, it's sort of, you know, the inspiration was uh, Weapon X, you know, Wolverine's Weapon X, and we want to do this really cool story. And it ties into the storyline line as we head up to issue 100, um, but it's uh, featuring Raphael and a couple of the other characters, but it's awesome. And uh, once it's approved, I'm going to do the, the layouts and designs, and Ben's going to do the, um, the finishes, all the fantastic art, and it's, Ooh. It's, Ooh. A, it's mental. So I'm, I'm in now. Yeah, that's so great. <laughs> All right, I have to know, how did Next Mutation come to be? <laughs> <laughs> that was my... my uh, no, it was... Uh, what's interesting, in short, um, we developed a, an original fourth Turtle live-action movie, and in that movie we created a, a fifth Turtle, and Turtle was missing from um, the beginning, and we named him after Kirby. His name was Kirby, after Jack Kirby. He perhaps, I think, put out the origins. He washed further down the sewer um, and was never recovered, and he has returned, and there's a whole origin of how that all came together. It was a really, I thought, quite a fantastic uh, story, the whole, as a concept, but it never moved forward. And New Line decided not to do it. Um, it was the same time that Saban, Margaret Lesh at Fox Kids were talking about doing a new live-action turtle series under the Saban banner, which is, you know, the, the, the Power Rangers. And so we said, well, we had this great script that we'd done with the fifth turtle and loved it, loved it. They loved it. So we developed the series, and I kid you not, it was like right up to the 11th hour, it was going to be a male, fifth male turtle. And Margaret Lesh, the head of Fox Kids, basically said, I want it to be a girl turtle. And we were like, well, we explored that once in a really tiny way in the animated series, and the response wasn't that good. We loved, I mean, April, we love strong female characters in all of our roles, but it was, um, we said, no, no, that doesn't, we don't really think that works. We think it should be this guy Kirby because it fits into what we've done. And she basically said, well, there's going to be a girl turtle or there won't be a show. And so, you know, I went back to Pete and I said, well, here's what's on the table. 
and basically said, well, if there's going to be a girl turtle, I really don't, I don't think it works creatively and, and I don't want to be involved with it. And so if you want to do it, if there's going to be a girl turtle, then I'm going to step aside. I'll take a short, basically sabbatical and do the series. So um, he did. And I developed the series, um, the girl turtle. I worked with some great writers and I think there's some really fun stuff in there, but it is the tends to be the least popular series with the fans. But we tried really hard. It was a great series. And, you know, with many versions of the turtles, there's some I like but more than the rest. Um, that one, I think, uh, you know, we did our best, and it just didn't quite work out. I'm changing my answer to the other question, and I'm bringing in Venus. Venus? <laughs> <laughs> I could do it yeah. well. Even when we're approaching, you know, the IDW series, you know, it's very important to us. Um, is this the way we think? Is that the strong characters of any type, great personalities are important to the story. So, I mean, if there was ever a way that I think we could do it, I think Tom would be the guy that would come up with a way to do it. So we got a lot of issues ahead of us, and, you know, you guys keep buying the books, maybe... <laughs> so I've always really enjoyed the Casey and uh, Raphael like relationship. Mm-hmm. So body count. Um, is there any chance you guys would ever uh, continue that or like, redo that or reboot that? What a great question. <laughs> You're going to really like the answer. Yeah, because the, um, you know, like the aggressiveness of, of that a four-issue series was just awesome. You know what I mean? Thank it was you. a lot different. Thank you very much. No, um, it was one of my favorite series. It was one of Pete's least favorite series. <laughs> I love uh, Simon Bisley. We work together on many projects. Um, I love showing the process. You know, I do the pencils and have a blast doing them, and I just love the way Simon, I can't paint like he paints, and he just did this really wonderful painting. But that leads into, um, I don't know if you guys remember, I published a book with Simon called Body Count. It was like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's, sort of, it's probably the most twisted version of the turtles. Simon was visit, visiting me once in the early 90s, and um, I kept talking about this new director, um, John Wu, and he's like, well, who the hell, heck is John Wu? I showed him a couple of his movies like oh we gotta do a comic book that's like the longest running gun battle in all of comics so we developed Bonnie Count and um, finally after all these years Top Shelf IDW Top Shelf is gonna release it I love all the turtles they're like all my kids but Raphael when I want to do a particular story featuring a single turtle I always gravitate to Raphael because you can kind of push him further and do crazier things with him and then especially when you team him up with with Casey it's it's all mental Um, but it's great and these are a couple of pages so you can see it's not exactly for kids. Um, so uh, adults, beware for you adults that remember the original series. You'll enjoy seeing it um, out again. I think it's on the schedule for August mm-hmm. release. So Body Count will be re-released in August of this year. Simon and I just finished a new cover for it. Um, it's got a behind the scenes, how it came together, and it's the way it was originally colored and presented. Awesome. Um, but yeah, it was, a, it was a really edgy series. In fact, most of it, it's what's kind of... You know, if you work with Simon, um, he's an interesting character anyway. He's about the size of the rock. I think he weighs like 260 pounds, you know, basically drinks his body weight every day, practically. <laughs> and he's English. Um, and he's crazy. He's actually, we have a character similar yeah. to him in Drawing Blood. And he's called Beastly. He's called Beastly. <laughs> he's like Shane Bookman's best friend. I don't know. Yeah. And everyone just says, oh, you brought your dog with you? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah when I used to travel. Simon and I worked together on a lot of different projects um, for Capcom video games and other stuff. When I would travel with him, especially when we were, when we were abroad, Japan and, and other places working for these companies, they thought I was my bodyguard. <laughs> Which I kind of was. I was kind of like, a, you know, you get this you're protected yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) the way pete and i approached the stories even the earliest days that you would see an action sequence and we sort of put the extreme sort of violence is just off camera with a few exceptions and only when it was story important like Mm -hmm. the setup to issue 50 and some of the other stuff but with simon it's like i'll just be moving that back here and uh so it was like (laughs) you know have a scene where you know you saw the action off board the the person's that was a shot is you know, part of the gruesome part is off panel. He brings it back in, and there's an eyeball flying across. <laughs> shot out. I'm like, I think Wizard Magazine gave us the highest flying eyeball count in any comic <laughs> ever. So it's not for kids, but the older turtle fans will find something, you know, bizarre and interesting about it. What's your favorite TMT video game from all the way from the uh, original NES to what's ever out there now? It's funny, the original NES, um, when uh, we did the original NES, the, the first game, um, we went through the process with them. They showed, they keep showing me how to play it. I mean, I, I was pretty good at Pac-Man and uh, <laughs> Space Invaders. So when that game came out, we'd have people coming up to us at shows and going, why did you make this game so hard? <laughs> and so I kept learning to play it. I never got past the water level, but yeah. it's like, back in the, the first version of those kinds of games, and you couldn't save them and start from where you... Yeah. The character died. You had to go back to the beginning every time. Um, but I would go immediately to the arcade version, um, which is, you know, when you get actually go to the arcade and you could play with three of your other friends, and you'd each pick a turtle and, and do that. And it was a, that was my favorite, was the arcade. How about I, you guys? Well, I'm biased. Um, 
Oh, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I like Mutants in Manhattan because I wrote it. Yeah, so. that's right. I like <laughs> And it's also based on our IDW designs, so that was exciting. Um, and it was, a fun, it was a fun game to work on and, and be able to write. I think awesome. Turtles in Time is probably one of the best video games ever made. Also one of Second the hardest. <laughs> um, and, again, you can't save it or anything like that. And oh, it was my Super NES will just freeze. Yeah, well, and the Super start. Nintendo version is, like, remarkably so much better than the arcade version. Mm-hmm. It's, like, double the length. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Can't and I love it. all the the characters that are in that. Like you got the foot soldiers in the white, foot soldiers in the orange. You know, I like those different versions mm-hmm. of them with their weapon specialities. Yeah, yeah. like giant the, hammer, the yellow ones with green frisbees. Yeah, <laughs> who knows? Oh, we need to do that. I think those are bananas. <laughs> they have blades on them. <laughs> I assume you've heard about the new Ninja Turtles show coming this fall. Hmm? How do you feel about two characters switching roles, like with Raphael and Leonardo? You know, I've been through this, you know, when, in, in that um, when the original black and white series was becoming a cartoon, we had fans wrote in these really nasty letters like, oh my goodness, you guys are sellouts, you're awful, why would you ever do that? Every version of the Turtles that's ever been done has been fans claiming we destroyed their childhood, and um, especially with, you know, even like the, when the 2012 Nickelodeon series started. Yeah, we're Rito, CGI, <laughs> no yeah. way. Maybe it had some truth in the... Michael Bay. No, I'm kidding. Uh, we'll get the second that. one was much better than the Michael Bay movie. Um, no, but we, and, um, so when Nickelodeon wanted to do, they, they wanted to take what um, Ciro and the whole team had done so wonderfully. They'd really gone through almost every aspect of, of options and possibilities and really did a wonderful series that had such great heart and soul and, and, and told so many fantastic and often creepy even like that, I do the voice of Ice Cream Kitty, and if you watch the episode that Ice Cream Kitty's in, that's like WTF. It's like, what? <laughs> There's some really scary stuff in there uh, with Rat King and, and everything. Um, when they transitioned out, they wanted to do it. They invited Tom and I to be part of the process of coming up with what they were going to do. They, the, the, you know, Aunt and Andy came down, and the team came down, and we mm-hmm. get to go up and do the writers. So we... We're lucky. We've mm-hmm. seen a lot of what's behind the curtain. You've only seen a little bit, and but I, I, I'm, I'm really digging I, it. It's I great. tell everybody. I mean, I'm absolutely excited about what they're doing, and and I think it's it, it's maybe just in the zeitgeist now. When something new is announced, you hear more negativity than positivity for something yeah. that nobody's even seen. Yet we have seen, and I walked out of that meeting. One, they were very respectful to Kevin and myself as far as our experience with Turtles at IW and then Kevin's obviously throughout throughout its yes, they whole didn't history. Have to do it all. They yeah, and, and they they were taking notes. They were excited about what we were adding to it. I was excited about what we were hearing. And there's this concern that it's going to not be loyal to Turtles lore. It is absolutely loyal to Turtles lore. They're just telling the stories in a different way. I brought a reincarnation in that wasn't there before and it worked. So I I would ask the fans just to have that faith that these guys are doing the same thing. Raphael is the oldest and he's the leader, but is he meant to be the leader? And that's the story they're telling right now. So characters are going to evolve and change and maybe they'll, they'll eventually fall into the roles that they've been traditionally in. And in some ways, it's fun that they're not there. I'm the most... The, the character I'm most excited for is Splinter. He's a short little Danny DeVito, grumpy old guy that sounds like completely not like Master Splinter, but then the way they described it, I went, you know what? It's He's still so Master Splinter. He's still the wise dad. He just happens to be this short little squat, grumpy guy that it's going to just add a new element to that character. And I, and I think that's okay. Um, what I really like, and, and they've talked about this, is the idea that what they're going to have in this story is you're going to have your traditional kind of gritty, above-ground Turtles ninja stories, but they're, they, and they told us they were inspired by us and some of the stuff we were doing, like with the Pantheon and some of the more mystic stuff in our book. They're going to have this kind of this magical world where the Turtles can fit right in, and so they're going to be, actually be the most normal characters in this other world that they can go to. And I think it, it's when they showed it to us, when they showed us the environments, the designs, it's beautiful. And for the toy collectors, you guys are going to go bonkers because we saw prototypes that oh, I, I was like, holy I've already made space moly. on the shelf. Yeah, yeah exactly. they brought them into the, to the meeting, and they're just beautiful toys. So for me, it's just it's, it's, it's a natural new iteration for Turtles. We've got some young kids that we've got to inspire, but the old fans are going to be fine. No, no childhoods are going to get killed. And if, and if you don't like it, we do beautiful reprints of all the old Turtle stuff. There's, there's videos you can buy, and then guess what? You, your childhood will be resurrected magically because it still exists. So I really would ask fans to give it a chance. Don't, don't worry. It it's shot. in good hands, and, and I'm excited. Think. I can't wait to see it. The way I've been looking at it is like, you know, years ago in the soundtrack to the original Turtles film, Partners in Crime incorrectly at the time said, Raphael is the leader of the group. 
Yeah. And now he actually is. <laughs> it's, it's fine. We knew this was going to happen someday. It, 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 well, doesn't that work in our book? I mean, one of the things that we, tr we strive for, yes, Leonardo's oldest, and he's, he's leader, and he's, you know, and he's the master of what we call Clan Hamato right now. But what I like about our stories and what's exciting is the same thing that happens in our meetings. Anybody can be the leader. It just depends on the situation. And so in our book, Mikey's stepped up many times and has been the leader. Uh, Donatello, Raphael, and, and Leonardo. So I think that's what they're striving for is to how this family finds their natural roles. But in order to find that, you have to not, it has not, it's not found yet. So you have to get to that, that destination, and that's where the story starts. They're all just trying to figure out who they are and what, what role they'll play in this family. Yeah, it's like an evolution process. On that note, that does conclude the duration oh, so of the panel, actually. Awesome. If you're jonesing for more Turtles, do head to this episode's page and check out our links where we will direct you to all the other Turtles podcasts we've done that I mentioned. But also, you should stay tuned because either this week or next, we haven't decided yet, there is another Turtles panel from North Carolina Comic Con. I got together with Tom Waltz and fellow comic author Eric Burnham, who's done a lot of work on the IDW Turtles spinoff series, as well as is the lead writer for IDW's incredible Ghostbusters series. We played with some action figures and hung out and talked about only the weirdest aspects of the Ninja Turtles. That's a panel called Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles and Other Strangeness, and it's coming soon. If you dug this episode and you like what we do, if you want to help us offset the costs of the gas money it took for us to drive up from Orlando, Florida to Raleigh, North Carolina, well, please do consider contributing to us on Patreon, patreon.com slash nerdyshow. We have a ton of bonus content on there, including bonus content from our Turtles episodes, and if episodes are ready early, you'll get them there first. That could even happen for a lot of these panels. I haven't reviewed all the recordings yet, so I'm hesitant to say what's forthcoming, but uh, uh, sure, sure. Okay, here's all the panels I did, which is probably going to materialize in episode content. I spoke with Jen Cohn, the voice actor who portrays Farah from Overwatch and Lord Zash from Star Wars, The Old Republic. Doug and I got together with Eric Burnham and Tom Waltz and talked about Ghostbusters. And I got together with a team of writers, editors, and comics professionals to talk about queer comics. Plus, we also did a panel on Lightning Dogs, the very Ninja Turtle-inspired animated series that we've been developing. If you want to learn more, head to lightningdogs.com. We have a documentary podcast chronicling our entire accidental development of this property and all the trials and tribulations of breaking in from the outside. There's plenty of concept art, and uh, if you dig turtles, well, I think you're going to dig Lightning Dogs. If you don't have any money to throw away, that is totally understandable, though I will point out that even a dollar a month makes a huge, huge difference, so please do consider it. But you can rate and review us on iTunes. That is a huge help. It allows more people to discover our programming. And you might also want to try out an awesome new platform called Podchaser, which is built for podcast discovery. You could even rate and review this specific episode or add tags like Ninja Turtles, Kevin Eastman, Tom Waltz, IDW, and that will allow people to discover this specific episode so it won't be lost in the sea of other podcasts. And, uh, hey, if you want to buy some turtle stuff on Amazon, follow our Amazon links at nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. We'll have links to everything we mentioned on this episode's page, but if you follow our links, it will in turn give back to us, and we really, truly do appreciate that. One last thing before I go, North Carolina Comic Con, she's not a one-show-a-year kind of girl. She's a two-show-a-year kind of girl. In the spring, it's Raleigh, and in the fall, it's in the sister city, Durham, North Carolina. In this case, November 9th through 11th, and you can bet your half shell we're going to be there, along with an awesome roster of recently announced talent, including Becky Cloonan, Jeff Lemire, and Gerard Way, frontman for My Chemical Romance, turned incredible comics writer, whose DC imprint, Young Animal, has been rocking my world. So you should definitely come out. Do consider it. They put on some of the best comic shows in this entire country. But that's enough for me. I'll see you next time. And remember, when you stand for what you believe in and find the strength to do what's right, that's turtle power. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.